Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth. Consistently, I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Think only about who you are creating value for. Who will be your customer? Who will be your client? How do you create value for them? How are you going to make their life or their work better? Today on episode 574 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the CEO of Pollock Peacebuilding Systems, Jeremy Pollock. I'm going to ask Jeremy about the most important elements for consultants and coaches to deliver high-quality results for their clients and build a successful business for themselves at the same time. Stay with us to hear all the details. You can find out more about Jeremy along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Are you building your own business after a long career as an employed professional? Listen to our show, Going Solo, also found on our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Jeremy Pollock. Jeremy is a leader in the field of workplace conflict resolution and peace building. He's the founder of Pollock Peacebuilding Systems, an international conflict resolution consulting firm. Jeremy is a master coach, master trainer, mediator, and author. He coaches and trains executives and employees at a variety of levels and industries, from Fortune 500 companies to major nonprofits. Jeremy is a regular contributor on the topics of leadership and organizational conflict management to publications such as Forbes, Fast Company, and many more. He is also the author of the recently released book, The Conflict Resolution Playbook. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. So, Jeremy, you've been an entrepreneur for most of your career. You have been a consultant and coach for part of your career. And you run a firm that has a team of consultants. What do you observe as some of the biggest struggles that you see consultants and coaches trying to overcome? Uh, well, certainly the thing that comes top of mind is marketing. And that's kind of why I, I even have a, a company with consultants that are contractors is because a lot of consultants or coaches are great at what they do. They love to coach. They love to you know sort of give their insight and support people in their area of expertise, but they don't necessarily love to do marketing. Uh, or if they are doing marketing, they're not doing it extremely efficiently or effectively. They don't love the sales process. They don't always love to sell themselves. So that's kind of where we've stepped in and, you know, in this field, you know, help, we do all the marketing and the sales, but yeah, that's something that I see a lot that anytime that I coach any coaches or coach any consultants on building their own practices, it's something that we work on a lot is, is getting past the sort of mental hurdle of being able to sell yourself at a, at a high rate, um, knowing your value, and then being able to articulate that value in a way that, that is received by a particular niche client. And Jeremy, how did you learn to do it? You know, I started out in marketing. So um, when, when I got out of college, uh, I think my first job was in a direct response marketing company. And direct, if you know anything about direct response, it's like infomercials and stuff. So I was, I learned from, I was, you know, an assistant when I started out and I learned from very high level info, like hardcore direct response marketers about what it takes to market. And then from, I don't do necessarily infomercials or anything like that, but I, but it was a great learning experience. And then from there, I started learning digital marketing because uh, that was sort of the thing that was really growing at that time. And, um, and that's how I grew um, my, my original coaching practice. I had a martial arts academy and that's how I grew that. And then and now that's how I've grown this consultancy is basically through digital marketing and then through a number of different, um, you know, sort of viral marketing 
initiatives. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just trial and testing a lot. And what are the various marketing experiences that you've had have in common? You know, I've tried so many different types of marketing. And the one thing that's been consistent is search engine optimization that you know, through every company, that's what's really worked. Now, as a, you know, as a, just a coach in a, in a city, it's very hard. It's kind of hard to figure out like, well, how do I optimize myself for, you know, life coach or executive coach or whatever kind of coach in this city, because there's so much competition. And so that's when content has to be be, be key. And so I, I very much focused the last 10 years on just building lots of content and that content just really about how do I create value for people through my content? Um, what can I give to the world and, and to potential prospective clients that, um, that could be valuable? And that's kind of where I focused on. Yeah. Why is content so important for consultants and coaches? I think it's like, we need to create a lot of authority in our space. Um, we need to create a lot of value and uh, sort of a, a level of expertise. And number one, when people are out there and they find your articles and they find your thought leadership and they find your authority, it helps, obviously it helps brand you, but it also helps them gain a sense that, hey, this person knows what I'm going through. This person knows my pain points and because they've either been through it or they've coached people through it. And, uh, and so I think they can help me, you know, eventually. And so that's kind of, it's a, it's a long-term game as, as to like branding and content marketing. It's just people getting to know you and getting to know your voice, starting to follow you. And then eventually when they have something that they really think they, that you could provide value on that they, they would need you for, that's when they reach out. Mm -hmm. And is, how important is SEO as part of the content marketing strategy? Well, you know, everything, I used to own an SEO company in it before, uh, before this life. And, uh, so I think everything is really important for everything to be filled, you know, sort of framed through an SEO lens. In other words, if I'm going to create valuable content, how do I also keep in mind how the algorithms and especially how Google, Google's algorithm is going to rank this piece of material? And I need to, and I need to know a little bit about SEO and how SEO trends develop and what the algorithm looks for and just really try to optimize my content so that it's not just out there and no one finds it. I need people to find it. And that's the only way to do that is for search engines to rank it. So there's a lot of different techniques of, in terms of doing SEO. It takes a little while to learn, but I think that's really important. So I, I would, the first thing I usually tell people when I start coaching them is learn the basics of SEO so that when you create content and you get on a, and you get on a regular and you know, disciplined content schedule, you can, start, you can start framing it all through an SEO lens so that you get found. Super important. Right. So are you saying that you don't have to know everything about SEO, but just know something, some of the basics so you can get started and apply some of the basic principles? Absolutely. So what I did to learn SEO, so first of all, I, I had a martial art. When I learned SEO is because I owned a martial arts academy. This was before my, my, I started my coaching practice. So this was, I don't know, 13 or 14 years ago. And um, I hired a guy to do SEO, and it was very inexpensive back then. Now it's much more expensive. But I, but I hired a guy to do on-site SEO. You could probably hire someone who's young and hungry and not that much money. And he started doing it for me, and I noticed how valuable it was. And so what I ended up doing is I just I ended up paying him to teach me. I just paid him like I think a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks or something to like run me through a class, a day-long class, teach me what you do, teach me. And then from there, I kind of understood the basics and and just started doing it on my own, not needing to pay him that much anymore. Uh, so I would highly recommend anyone starting any kind of business, especially a consulting practice, to learn 
SEO. Take a class, watch YouTube videos on some of the basics and just start framing it through. There's a tool called Yoast SEO, which is what I use in my WordPress site. Um, And that like almost walks you through how to do SEO without even thinking about it. So there's tools out there that'll really help you. That that is so true. Yeah. And and Yoast does have a lot of free, easy to follow guides. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good recommendation. So one of the things I noticed about your background, Jeremy, is yes, you've been a, a lifelong entrepreneur. You have been an entrepreneur in different sectors. Why consulting and coaching? It's a good question. When I started coaching my coaching practice, I just I just started. I finally found something that was really fulfilling. All of the other things that I've done are a lot of fun, but this has been the most fulfilling thing. I think on a, you know, if you want to call it spiritual, on a spiritual level, on a, on a purpose-driven level, on a meaningful level. And so I started coaching and then eventually I was doing sort of broad coaching, life coaching, executive coaching. And then I, and then I started really focusing in on learning conflict psychology and understanding why people get into conflicts with each other and how cooperation and peace is developed. And that got, and I was really interested in that. I thought that could be a very interesting niche. And I, and I'm very much about finding your niche, both for your, for your brand and for your specialty and what you do and how you can provide, because then you'll find the exact right clients who need exactly what you have. I just got really passionate about this one particular field, conflict coaching, conflict psychology, and I studied that. And, um, it's become sort of a life mission now, you know, just helping people build peace. Mm. And what about conflict resolution and peace building has kind of spurred your passion? It seems like, you know, when I, when I work as a personal coach, like a personal development coach, I work a lot with people that are in conflict with themselves. And my whole job is to help them figure out a way to find peace with themselves, you know, to, to think of themselves in a more positive light, to love themselves, to care for themselves. And so as I was doing that kind of work and really trying to dive into the psychology of uh, self-development, self-actualization, I started realizing how much, and, and this is probably intuitive, but just, you know, through the work, I was kind of, it was illuminating for me how much relationships with, you know, interpersonal relationships start playing into how people think about themselves. And they start, all of the things that people think about themselves are transferred or projected onto some of the people in most closest people in their life. And it, it's, and all those people, if they don't have healthy relationships, it can sort of reopen or, or just uh, maintain old wounds that never get healed. And so I started thinking, you know, how can I not only help people build peace within themselves, but also now peace well, with each other and simultaneously. I think, I think both of those things are necessary for the other. I, I think they're mutually, they're interdependent, but it's hard to build peace within yourself, I think, without building peace with other people and vice versa. So that's why I, I got really interested in that. Fascinating. And let's talk more about finding your niche. I couldn't agree with you more that as a business owner, and in particular, if you are selling your expertise, it's really important to find something that differentiates you, that is not fake, that it really is about something that you care about, because it it will show when people are learning about you and following you and deciding whether or not to work with you. What recommendations do you have for trying to find your niche? So when I've helped people develop a niche, it's a lot of times it's like, well, before you started coaching, I mean, a lot of, most people, when they become coaches, they don't just come straight out of college and go into coaching. They, they do something first that's interesting to them, hopefully. And, um, and then eventually they find coaching 
And so I start to ask like, so what have you done that's really interesting to you? What sort of professional experiences have you had? So for instance, I've, I have a, a associate of mine who I was coaching a little bit in, in him building his coaching practice. And he was in production, uh, film production for, I don't know, 30 years. And then, you know, retired basically and said, I want to coach now. I don't know what to coach people on. And so he started thinking about general life coaching and that kind of thing. And I said, well, you know, you're going to be competing with so many people. Why don't you, why don't you sort of find a brand slash mission and work with the kind of people that you know really well and the kind of industry that you know really well. And so he started, he started marketing himself as a, uh, like a creative artist coach. So f- people that are looking to either build their, build their business in the film industry or just needing support in that industry because he knows it so well. So I think finding things that you know well and then transforming that into how do you integrate that into some sort of coaching? And then you can find exactly the right types of clients. So I, that, that was one thing. So for, and for me, like when I started my coaching practice, I was coming from a martial arts background. So I branded my, my practice as called inner warrior coaching. And it was very much about taking sort of traditional martial arts philosophy in, um, in the mystical traditions, Taoism and Buddhism, and how those integrated into the warrior's way and sort of, and then, and then taking that and how do I integrate that sort of feeling, that, that, that energy into coaching and the people that came to me, it really resonated with. People came to me looking for, hey, I want more power. I want to feel like the warrior of my life, you know, and not, not in a violent way, but just in like, I can handle anything. I trust myself, that kind of energy. And so that's, that's the, the kind of clients that I built because of the way that I branded myself. I think it's, and I think it's super important. They will, that will stand out to someone more than, you know, the 10 other coaches that are just, you know, sort of do, doing general life coaching. Right. Which leads me to another question, which is for the coaching industry, so-called, there isn't one kind of standard certification, at least in America, the way you might have to become a physician or to become um, a psychotherapist or even to become a hair cutter. There are certain kinds of licensing requirements in order to get certified. Yeah. And the certification is generally done by a governmental body. Anybody can call herself or himself a coach. Right. So with that in mind, you, know, you mentioned finding finding a, a niche where you have experience and where you have, have accomplished something that somebody else would want to be able to learn how to do from you. What are your thoughts about and you also said that that people will generally do that when they have some experience. What are your thoughts about people in the who are younger and earlier stages of their career becoming coaches? Uh, it's that's a good question. I think people that are younger and, and earlier stages and haven't done really much else, I think they need to find something that they've done, even if it's like, you know, something they were involved with at school or something that, you know, good grades or something like, because at the end of the day, if you think just intuitively about yourself, who would you like, who would you look for? Who would you trust and who would you pay to get to, to receive advice from for the thing that you want? Are you going to pay someone who's way less experienced than you and, you know, has only studied it academically or, you know, theoretically through a certification program or something, or are you going to trust someone who's been there, done that, and now understands how to coach and articulate, you know, what they've done. So for me, I'm going to pay someone who's already been there, done that. 
because there's a lot more in the practical world of, uh, of getting things accomplished than there is just in the academic, you know, sort of from an academic perspective. So if you're young, again, I would just say, what, what have you, even if you're young, you've done something, you've done something, you know, start where you are. What have you done? What has really worked for you? What do you feel great about? What can you show as having accomplished? And then take that and integrate it into some coaching. And then as you, as you grow and you, you do more things, you can start integrating more things into coaching. Yeah, that makes total sense. Now, on the flip side, Jeremy, there are people that have deep experience in a particular discipline, especially those that have that have been an employee throughout their career. And many of them, mid to late career, A, have gotten tired of the corporate life. B, they find that there are opportunities to, to advance or have greater satisfaction in what they do gets limited as an employee. And thirdly, there are many that get pushed out and look at it as an opportunity to try to do something that is more rewarding, more satisfying, and, and can be well compensated financially at the same time. So for those folks that are going from, let's say, 20 to 30 years of employment to becoming self-employed as a consultant or coach, what are some of the things they need to think about and what are some of the steps that can help them build their consulting or coaching business as effectively and as quickly as possible? Well, for, for a lot of people that come out of, uh, you know, a 20 or 30 year position, they might already have the skills to be a consultant. So if you go in and they, they just kind of know already what to do, and if someone hires them to come in, they kind of know how to consult. That being said, they do need to probably develop some sort of program so that they understand how to put someone through their own consulting process. But we can talk about that in a second. Um, in terms of coaching, I think coaching is different. Coaching is, I mean, it can be different. It, it, it can be, you know, sort of pragmatic goal setting, but really great coaches are people that usually deal with some underlying psychology as well. So if you want to be a coach, like a really good coach, and, and you want people to trust you so that when you ask them questions and direct them and guide them and support them, that you're direct, you're supporting them in the right sort of way. I would highly recommend that first get coaching yourself. Don't try to be a coach. It's just like a therapist. You know, no ther most therapists would not be a therapist unless they were actually in therapy or had gone through therapy and it was somehow effective. So if you're going to be a coach, get coaching yourself, go through at least, you know, six months or a year of coaching before you start coaching. And then you can, you know, sort of try to start a practice. But Sorry, are you sorry, sorry, David? Are, is the question more about the process of, in terms of being effective, or or is it more about starting the business? The business side. Business side, yeah. So one thing that I found really helpful over the years of just trial and error is developing a very clear program. Because at first it's like, well, I'm just going to charge by the hour or something like that, and I don't really know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to get in there and try to figure it out, and I'm just going to tell them here's how much I charge an hour, and I'll invoice them, or I'll or I'll set them up on a of hourly package. But having some sort of, you know, even if everything is slightly customized, having some sort of starting place for some templated programs where you could say, listen, I, I work with people for 12 weeks, or I, we, I work with people for 24 weeks, and here's how it works, and here's the general outline. And, you know, it, it can be customized and that sort of thing. But that way, you know going in, they know going in that you have a program in mind that's worked, that, that you have put together, and that you believe can work. It's a system. And you also have a system and that helps you stay on track and make sure that you can meet 
certain mile markers and stuff. So having a system in place where you know, here's what I'm going to do, you know, in, you know, week four, or here's what I'm planning to do. And and then in week 12 and that kind of stuff. And um, you know how much it's going to cost and how many hours it's going to be up front and all that. I've found that to be much, very helpful in being able to articulate and sell programs rather than just saying, I charge this much an hour. I don't know what I'm going to do really. We'll see when we get in there and we'll see how many hours you need. So, so that's number one is this, is the system. The number two thing is once you know what your program is, what you're actually selling, what's your product, how do you position it and brand it in a way that is clearly, it's clearly articulating value for your target market? You know, and that's where we start talking about unique value proposition. You know, what makes you unique and why is your particular program going to solve the pain points and the problems of your particular target market? How do you, how do you articulate that? What is your sort of sales process look like? Is it just getting on the phone, listening, talking, telling them what you do? Uh, so developing a, developing a clear branding message or a pitch and developing a clear sales process is really important because that's the toughest part is getting them contracted, getting them to sign on the service agreement. And once you get the service agreement, then it's just about carrying out the service. And, you know, that's, that's when the, you got to walk the talk and make sure that you really know what you're doing because, and then hopefully you'll have a repeat and ongoing customer. That's kind of a, I don't know, a simplified version of a few things that I, I always tend to think about when I'm developing a comp company. Yes. And, and I couldn't agree more. If you had to sum up in maybe one piece of advice for those that are early on in their consulting or coaching business, when it comes to thinking about creating a delivery process, a marketing process, and a sales process, is there one thing that can just help move the ball forward for those that have never done this before? Well, on a logistically, I think there's a lot of things that need to happen, but on a philosophical level, which I think is the most important to me is framing everything through value. What is the value you can create? Stop thinking of you and what you can get and how you can, you know, uh, sell and what you can take from whatever. It's instead of you, think only about who you are creating value for. Who will be your customer? Who will be your client? How do you create value for them? How are you going to make their life or their work better as a result of working for you? If you just frame everything through that, every decision you make, you ask that question, I think you'll be on the right track. Well said. Well, Jeremy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I know we've covered a lot of territory. We could have gone much deeper in any one of a number of areas that we just touched on. If somebody does want to go deeper with anything that you've shared today, access any content or resources you have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? Yeah, you can get in touch and see some of the content uh, that we're building. Uh, PollockPeaceBuilding.com is my consulting firm. And then uh, my coaching website is CoachJeremyPollock.com. My guest today has been the CEO of Pollock Peacebuilding Systems, Jeremy Pollock. Thank you again, Jeremy, for joining us. Thanks, David. I appreciate it. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at SmashingThePlateau.com, You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned the most important elements for consultants and coaches to deliver high quality results for their clients and build a successful business for themselves at the same time. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.